This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, hey, this is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the results in the B1G. Um... Before we get going, obviously, let's go ahead and do the housekeeping. So, YouTube page uh, just finally got up, finished the editing of the reaction episode to Illinois. So, that's up there. You guys can check that out. Um, Also, I'll be posting other things throughout the season, some reaction stuff, some clips, some whatever. Also, uh, go to, so that's the YouTube page, go ahead, like, and subscribe there, hit that little button, uh, so, uh, so I can get noticed, right, we want, we want the maniacs to grow, um, then go to the social media portion of the program, and that is on Facebook and on Instagram, uh, Michigan Maniac Podcast, go ahead and like and subscribe there, also, guys, if, uh, if you guys want a free sticker, now it's a pretty damn cool sticker. Go to whatever platform uh, that you that you listen to this to, or whatever one that will allow you to uh, write a review, rate it, write it, and uh, hit me up on the DM there at Instagram. Give me your name and your address, and I'll send out a I'll send out a uh, review. Make sure I'll hit up, check out that review. I don't care even if it's bad. I mean, a review is a review. I wish it'd be great, but hey, whatever. As long as you're listening, I don't care. Um, so, do that. Hit me up. I'll get you. I'll get you a sticker. So, uh, let's get on to the results in the B1G. Now, uh, it was an interesting week. I mean, right? Like uh, one of the biggest <laughs> upsets in. <laughs> And one school's history happened today, and I, we might as well, let's deal with the boring ones before we get to the good ones, right? Because we can run through them pretty quickly. The Ohio State-Northwestern game, come on, we all saw that one coming, no big surprise there. 52-3, uh, to I think the score was, and once again, I know I should get paid for this. I really should become like an analyst, because... My keys to beating Ohio State are still as simple as as you can get. Stop them in the second quarter. You stop them from scoring 22-odd points in the second quarter, and you're set. You can dominate this team. I mean, it don't dominate, but you can win. So Wisconsin, if you're listening, right, stop them from scoring 20 straight points in the second quarter, and you got this team. Because, once again, Wisconsin – I mean, Northwestern allowed Ohio State to score 24 points in the second quarter. First, third, and fourth, all together, they only scored 28. Key to the game, beat Ohio State, stop them in the second quarter. You keep them to a point, uh, like a score, a field goal, whatever, you got this. So, I mean, boring game, obviously. It It was out of control by half. So, moving on. Um... Let's go Minnesota Rutgers, obviously. Everybody's piping this Minnesota team. And, yeah, they look good. But, like, once again, 
it was Rutgers. I mean, if your quarterback who can't, if he doesn't throw for two forty five and two touchdowns, you might have a problem. Also, I mean, Robert Smith, I think his name is. Uh, I don't think it's Robert, but it's something. Uh, 111 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Not bad. Pretty good Pretty good effort. And their wide receiver went for six for 130 and a touchdown. All right, you should beat Rutgers 42-7, to seven, plain and simple. I mean, I don't even think – I looked at Rutgers' stats, and I couldn't even try to pick out something interesting to look at other than – I don't think any of them got into the 20s. Um, like 20 yards, anything. So, yeah, Minnesota gets, I think their next five games are against uh, decent teams in the uh, in the B1G. I mean, let's see. I had it written down here, I believe. Let's see if I can find them. Minnesota. Uh, shit, I can't really find it right now. But, I mean, let's just face it, like, they, oh, dang, I didn't write down Minnesota. Oh, well, they, they've got their last five games is really where they're going to be going, and I predict they're going to go three and five. I mean, three and three out of five, they'll lose. So, they're, you're looking at maybe a uh, ten, yeah, two out of five. I think they're going to go two out of five, my bad, with, with wins. I don't know where I was getting distracted there, because I'm still trying to find their schedule. Um. Yeah, but I think they have, like, Wisconsin, um, Iowa, and uh, some other decent team that I think they... Oh, yeah, Iowa, Wisconsin, and somebody else that I think they could uh, that could beat them. Uh, so they'll end up 10-3. and It's going to be a pretty good season for Minnesota. They may even have a chance at the West, which they're ahead of... I mean, they're in the lead right now, sole possession. Uh, so not bad. I mean, you know, P.J. Fleck... He, <laughs> to me, he looks like uh, if Tony, if Tony Robbins' penis detached from his body and started his own uh, inspirational uh, talks, you know, because that's all that guy seems to talk in is inspirational memes. It's it's got to be sickening listening to that guy. Um, Row that boat. Why do you have to? It's a catchphrase now, and it's ridiculous. Anytime a coach constantly has to tell you to row that boat after every time he's interviewed it's a fucking annoyance all right we get it pj fleck you're at minnesota now and you're trying to get them to be good yeah you have a shitty schedule and you have a decent you've been able to recruit decently because it's you're in the uh (laughs) you're in the uh big 10 slow it down all right tony robbins penis keep rowing that boat fellas um so I'm not impressed. I they're gonna be ten and three. They're gonna go into a bowl game. Hopefully they play a real team and get they and they get their fucking asses beat because they really need to come down to earth. I mean it's ridiculous to watch Minnesota walk around like they think they're the greatest when they played zero, absolutely nobody. Um. So now let's get into the two games that I actually were kind of I was intrigued and I actually enjoyed watching. Um. The Purdue-Iowa game. Now, this one was give-and-take all game. Uh, Iowa really had it under control for the most part. They made, they just made plays uh, when needed to make plays. Now, the stat lines weren't great for Iowa. I'll be honest. Nate Stanley, I mean, he had – he was only 260. He didn't throw a touchdown. Uh, Sargent had 68 yards rushing, one touchdown, and then – Brad Smith 
or yeah, Brad Smith, nine, nine for one oh six. You know, I mean, not they're not great, but they their defense was decent, made plays when they needed to, and uh, Nate Stanley dropped dimes when he absolutely had to, which got him in line. They scored. It was ugly for him, but they still won it. But the team that I'm more impressed with was Purdue. I mean, like I told you before, is that if Sindelar and and more weren't going to play, they're should they going to get blown out. And for them to only lose by six was fucking impressive. But what's even more impressive is that they have two freshmen, two freshmen starting in those key positions, and they're dominating. I mean dominating. Uh, Jack Plummer, 327 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. That's a freshman. He outdueled Stanley. Like, not that Stanley's uh, a world beater, because like I said, I was never a big fan of Stanley. But still, Stanley is an established quarterback in the B1G, and he's uh, way better than what most people will face. And this kid's coming in as a freshman and just dropping straight dimes on people. I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, he's from Arizona, so not too bad. It's my adopted home state. Uh, but that's it's fucking impressive. I mean, a freshman coming in there and looking good like that. Then the the wide receiver, who's probably replacing uh, more, David Bell. 13 receptions for 197 and a touchdown. That's also a freshman. Like, the future is bright for Purdue football. I mean, they got to, you know, they got to solidify some stuff on the defensive end. But holy shit, that offensive system they're putting in there is phenomenal. I mean, I'm very impressed with uh with Purdue right now uh well like I said Purdue if you have to, for me Purdue has always been my side piece team right it's always been my side chick because for me like I said I love some of the players that have come out of Purdue three of my all-time favorite players have come out of Purdue and I know people who listen to the show already know this but Rod Woodson well, I, I, if you could start a defense there are only two players at the cornerback position that I think you should ever start a defense around. And that's Charles Woodson or Rod Woodson, two of my favorite players of all time. And Rod Woodson, phenomenal. Could cover, had speed, and could fucking hit. Um, Big-time fan. Uh, Mike Allstott, loved the way that guy played fucking football. Loved it. Lowered his head, ran people over, didn't even bother to juke, just said, fuck you, and boom, that kid was phenomenal. I saw him in person once. I was on the sideline of a Mich- uh, not Michigan, of a Phoenix, or Phoenix, Arizona Cardinal game. Jeez, if I get out of my mouth. The Arizona Cardinal game, and Tampa was in, I think it was a preseason game, and uh, the thighs on that guy. Both of my legs put together created just it was just the size of his one leg. Phenomenal. I mean, he's a beast. And then of course Drew Brees. I mean, how do you not love Drew Brees? I mean, he's not my favorite quarterback of all time, obviously, but um the way he does things, who he is as a person, his loyalty to his teams, and just what he did to come back from adversity and from all the people who said he was never going to play again when he was with the Chargers. Uh I don't know. I really admire the guy. I think he's a great guy. So those are my three favorite players from Purdue. Not a so I'm, I actually kind of always low key cheer for them. You know, 
but no, I think the future's bright. I mean, if Sindelar goes, I think this is his senior year, I want to believe. Uh, so the, <laughs> they're in good hands with Jack Plummer. And then David Bell, that's going to be impressive, man. You have Moore and Bell out there. You're going to see some big, big offensive numbers coming up. Um, now getting into the shocker of this weekend, right? Uh, Illinois, Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin was a 31-point favorite. That's right, 31 points. That hasn't happened, I don't know, in how long. It's only, been ha- it's only happened like four or five times in, in the Big Ten that uh, somebody that low down has won the game. And I, I wish I could give you the stat. I saw it, and I I forgot to write it down. I'll be honest, this weekend was uh, or Saturday was a big day in football, but also a big day for my girlfriend. Uh, it was her birthday, so I had a lot of stuff going on with her. Gladly, you know, pay attention to her and give her the love she needs. So that was great. Uh, so I, But I wasn't able to really... Uh, give my all to writing down some stats and stuff, so forgive me on that. Uh, but, yeah, Illinois, I mean, wow, that defense came to play. I mean, Wisconsin kind of showed you what they did last year against Michigan. You know, they when they needed to run Jonathan Taylor, they didn't. You know, because and which led to a key interception at the end of the game that led, that helped Illinois seal the deal. I mean, when you have two minutes left, you, you know, you run you run your, your bell cow. You run Jonathan Taylor. And I know he fumbled earlier in that fourth quarter to also lead to another point. It seemed like all their points came off of of uh, Wisconsin turnovers. I mean, scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter is huge. And, I mean, it's a big come. I mean, it's a homecoming win, Illinois signature win for Lovey Smith. Good stuff there, but. Peters <laughs> didn't look good throughout most of the game, but Jesus, when you needed him, he was throwing darts. I mean, these things were lasers. Looked good. I mean, uh, he had nine for 21. <laughs> Not great. 174 and two touchdowns, but when you needed him to show up, he showed up, and I think that's the key when you got to look at games like this. When you needed them to make plays, did they? Right? That's, that's huge. That's a big fucking thing. Because um, Jack Cohn didn't. Uh, Brandon Peters did. You know, I mean, plus their running game was phenomenal. Brown, he just lowers his head and just runs dudes over. Huge, huge game for that kid. Corbin busted wide open. I mean, he only had 83 yards for the game, but still, holy crap. Uh, a 40 or 50-yard run to really get them moving, get that offense sparked. That was huge. Uh Wisconsin, this was totally a look-ahead game, to be quite honest. And Illinois, and with, I'm not even trying to take anything away from Illinois, that they were phenomenal. They, they played their asses off, and they won the game, and that's, that's huge. But you know Wisconsin was looking ahead at the beginning of that game, and that's, I mean, 13-7 to at halftime, I want to say it was. That's crazy. That is nutty that it was that close at halftime because they were blowing people out. I mean, we definitely didn't give them any type of fight like Illinois did. So, props to Illinois, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, that's the fucking... That's why Ohio State's always so... Fu- I hate to give them credit, but that's why they're always so fucking good. Is because they very rarely get caught in look-ahead games, right? I mean, they always take a shit against a team they should win. So, maybe Wisconsin's closer to Ohio State than we think. But, 
next week is a big week. Big week. Uh, big clash of the Titans. Um, but yeah, I you know, I mean, Wisconsin. I've never been a huge fan of Chris. I thought he was. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a, a pretty good guy too. I, I don't see anything wrong with him. But I definitely think that he turtles when he needs to be aggressive, like he offensively. And that was the thing. Uh, Taylor, where was he in the final two minutes of that game? You run that kid. I don't care if he did fumble, like I said earlier. He run him and run him and run him and eat up that clock. You know, didn't. But that's just how the way. That's how the ball bounces, I guess you could say. Great win for Illinois. Really impressive. Uh, Peters, you know, he was my favorite guy at Michigan. Even in the the 2017, I saw the the uh, spring game, and I always thought Peters should play. I was a huge, huge fan of Brandon Peters. Uh, he should have started, in my opinion, over uh, – well, once, especially once, uh, Spate got hurt. Brandon Peters should have been in there. And I know we lost him during Wisconsin. Then after that, that bowl game, he kind of got a bad rap. And then it was a fucking rap from there. But, you know, I wish him luck. I, I'm glad to see that he got a big win. He looked good. He took some massive hits. The kid's tough as nails, man. Um, so, yeah, I this was a, it was a very cool game. I enjoyed watching it. I was surprised and uh, relatively impressed with how Illinois was able to keep it together and pull off a great win. So those are the uh, results of the the B1G. Uh, pretty exciting week. I'm getting ready to go ahead and do the reaction episode of the Michigan Wolverine podcast for Penn State. But guys, uh, I don't know, man. I, the B, I think the B1G is one of the more exciting conferences to watch. So guys, uh, thank you for listening and always remember it's great it is great to be a michigan wolverine and always and forever go blue